Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Now, we have Dr. Isaldine Abulash, who is giving back in a deeply personal way. He's an esteemed author, five-time Nobel Peace Prize nominee, and the founder of the Daughters for Life Foundation. Each year, the foundation supports young women of Middle Eastern background in pursuing education in various fields by providing scholarships, awards. Now, it was founded in memory of the doctor's daughters and niece who were killed by an Israeli tank shell in the Gaza Strip on January in January of 2009. And uh, the story behind that and how it was broadcast to the world is quite amazing. Now, Kate, I was aware that liver disease can affect one in four mm-hmm. Canadians, but I had no idea how early it can strike. Alicia and Jeff Zabalotny found out that when their son Nathan was just seven months old back in May of 2016, uh, that he had it. And we're, we're going to learn about what happened to him since and the important work the Canadian Liver Foundation is doing to help families like this. Yeah, I had no idea it could strike so young. No, That's seven. Young. I mean... Unbelievable. Wow. Film critic Ann Brody will have the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies. And lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is going to tell us about a very special charitable initiative from Urban Barn. And we're going to have a chat with Natalie Colalillo, the founder of Happy Healthy Women, which is a women's collective with more than 15,000 members across Ontario. And they're trying to add to a more feminine feel and support to business. Closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have singer-songwriter Kendall Thompson performing Human Feel. Now... um, it is contest time. We still have contests yeah, for brunch. I know. Love a good brunch. So you should check out Draco Restaurant inside the brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites plus signature cocktails every Sunday from 10 mm-hmm. until 2. Yeah, I could sit there for four hours. No problem. <laughs> With it's, those cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca. And we're giving away a free brunch for four for the next two weeks. So you can enter now on whatshesaidtalk.com. And if you're a Seinfeld fan, you're going to love this. Just in time for Festivus, we are giving away the Seinfeld Complete Series box set or the Complete Series Festivus box set. So that's the perfect gift for the Seinfeld-obsessed fan in your life or even for throwing your own Festivus-themed party this holiday season. If you want to win one, you can find the photo on our Twitter or Facebook page at What She Said Talk. You enter there to win. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. 
Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Dr. Isaldeen Aboulash, an esteemed author, five-time Nobel Peace Prize nominee, and perhaps most importantly, the founder of the Daughters for Life Foundation. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Now, each year, you help support young women of Middle Eastern background to pursue their studies by providing them with scholarships and awards. For people who may not know, tell us why the foundation was established. The foundation was established in memory of my loved daughters, Bisan, Mayar, and Aya, who were killed in a tragic situation when an Israeli tank to shell my house, killing three daughters and wounding others. Thank God I succeeded to manage that situation as a medical doctor the emergent situation of handling it. But later on, a friend of mine, he said to me, Zeldine, the world forgets. So I asked myself, am I going to forget my loved ones? I will never forget them. And yesterday's event was to send a message to my friend that my daughters are alive and will be kept alive I lost Bisan, Mayar, and Aya. But yesterday, among the scholars we have, we have scholars, their names were Mayar, Aya, Yusra, and others. So that's always, and I thought, always, to send a positive message to the world. In every bad thing, there is something positive. It's in our hands. Life is what we make it, always has been, always will be. This tragedy, I was determined to invest it for good, will be invested for good, and to think of others who are in need. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to give hand to others? Does it make you feel a little bit like you're just a tiny little bit a father to some of these women because you would have provided an education for your own daughters? They are and- my daughters. I see them Bisan, Mayar, Aya, and everyone. It's not about the biology. It's about the humanity, and that's what is needed. We need to look around, to ask, and to get rid of everything called I. We want to speak about we. We as people in this world, to see the human face of each of us. And as I said, to think of others. If I was in their position of these young women, and they are in need, they have the potential, but they are deprived of the resources. And that's why I am proud of what do we do and to keep my daughters alive because they are not dead. They are only far away from me. They are traveling. And these daughters around us, they are spreading that message of life, of hope, of resilience, of tolerance, of understanding, of knowledge, because I am in debt in my life to my mother, 
my wife and my daughters. And this world, I repeat it. And it's my message in this world. This world will never be a safe, secure, peaceful one without women's education and women's role. It's time to give women the means, the role, and the opportunity. I am sure they will make the world a better, a human, peaceful, and healthy one. And men, they need to be educated to understand that women are not a threat, and they are not competing. They are complementing, and that's even the sense of purpose and the purpose of our existence when God created us from Adam and Eve to live together, to complement and support. Doctor, when you see, when you see the response, the outpouring of, of emotional and financial support from the Muslim community in Pittsburgh to the city's Jewish community at its time of grief, do you feel that your message is actually getting through the ever-towering wall of hate we're seeing south of the border? Hatred for me is a contagious disease. Mm-hmm destructive disease and it's a public health issue and it's the result of exposure there are triggers for this hatred in this world where which is Mm man-made this hatred is man-made and we need to find the root causes of it and sometimes political use of fear mongering Mm -hmm. incitement creates misunderstanding among the people so we as people we don't want to be trapped in this a trap of fear-mongering, but the opposite. We want to expose the lies of what is going on in the world. But what was the reaction of this tragedy in Pittsburgh? The world to stand up because, even yesterday I said it, we all bleed the same color, Mm -hmm. and we all are equal. Mm -hmm. We are similar, and we need to stand up and to condemn any killing of any innocent human being, whether in the media, we see it, or even in silence. How many people who are dying in silence every day, in particular women and the children? Excellent. We must not accept it. We must condemn it and con- expose it and to take action to save lives because saving ones, you save the world. Killing one, you kill the world. There is no difference for me between a Muslim, Jewish, a Christian, Buddhist, anyone, a Canadian, Israeli, Palestinian. We are a human being and our life is equal and it's the most precious thing in the universe. The awards, they're given to students in Palestine, Israel, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, Canada, the United States, the UK. Now, as you mentioned, this year's ceremony just wrapped up. And you chose um, your luminary awards winners, Christiane Amanpour, Vera Baboon, and Dr. Michael Dan as winners. Tell us a little bit about the work they do. We know Christiane Amanpour. Christiane Amanpour, because the connection I have with the Christian, she covered the tragedy from its early days when she came to visit my home and to advocate for exposure of the truth in a kind way because kindness and tolerance are not signs of weakness. With words, words are stronger than bullets, but we need the right words, the kind words, the strong ones in time mm-hmm. to spread it. So she spread and all of the time she is advocating for the truth and exposure of the lies. That's why we felt the connection and she deserves it, the reward. It's it's nothing in comparison to what is she doing. 
So that's why we want to acknowledge and that the world is watching what are we doing mm-hmm. for each of us to encourage the people do something. Do something. Don't underestimate your action. Whatever the action you are doing, it's small, but it impacts others' lives. For Dr. Vera Baboon, she was the first woman with all of the challenges she faced as a mother who lost her husband to raise five children to run for election in a community with its own culture, mm-hmm. male-dominant culture, to run for the election because she believed in herself. She didn't underestimate herself. I can do it. And she did it. And she won the election to run the most holy city in the world. She's the first The city woman of peace. Mayor of Where Canada. peace is missing in this world. So I, as she said it yesterday, if the most holy city, the city of peace, is missing peace in this world, what about our world? Dr. Michael Dan, who is a medical doctor, who is a messenger of a humanity, and he is advocating for human rights, for the First Nation, for health, for well-being everywhere you see him. He is working in silence. He deserves this little acknowledgement from us. And we are proud of bringing these people to the public to hear their message, to inspire others, mm-hmm. to take action and to do positive things that makes a difference. Now, you wrote a book called I Shall Not Hate, A Gaza Doctor's Journey on the Road to Peace uh, and Human Dignity. Tell us what message you are trying to get through to people. It's not my message or my life. It's everyone's. It's a human message, Mm -hmm. a message of hope to inspire the people that it's not with hatred. Mm -hmm. And don't allow hatred, as I said, which is a disease to impact your life, to destroy your life, to make you paralyzed. It's a poison hatred. It's a fire which burns and eats the one who is impacted by it. So I say to people, don't allow hatred. If someone is doing you harm in your life, don't be trapped to be a victim of that action and then to be a victim of the hatred. Don't be a victim more than once. I have to ask you, how did you find it in your heart? Your children, your niece were killed in front of your eyes. How did you find it in your heart? Your grief was palpable. It was broadcast around the world to, to not hate. I may have the right to hate, but is it the right way to bring my daughters justice, peace, and to do good things? The only thing which I believe which is impossible to return my daughters back. I can't bring them back, but they are not away from me. I see them. I talk to them. They are traveling only, and I want to carry their own message as young women, the messages of young women and every woman in this world, message of love, of hope. Women who give life, who nurture life, they will never breed hate that's why i am here and this bringing this message because i am accountable to them where they always ask me what did you do for us say to them now i didn't forget you i didn't give up i will continue to spread your kind message of education of tolerance of resilience and love and will never hate. Why did you choose to become a Canadian citizen? I never 
thought of coming to Canada. I was supposed to come to Canada in 1998 to do a fellowship in maternal fetal medicine at Mount Sinai Hospital. Mm -hmm. It took time. Then I said, it's not the end of the world. Maybe other places. So I went to UK. I did it. But God knows, and we don't know. Then the time came after the tragedy. When my wife passed away before my daughters were killed, my wife passed away 16th of September 2008. Then my daughters were killed Jan 16th of January 2009, four months apart. I was working in Israel where I am proud of what did I do. I can't keep my children alone. My mother, my wife was my main support. She was the backbone. <laughs> the mother is the one who <laughs> supports. So I have to find a place where I can be with my children. I send my CV to some friends and got two offers. One was from University of Toronto and one was from the University of Harvard. I am blessed and happy that I made many mistakes in my life as any human being, but I'm proud that I took the wisest decision of coming to Toronto, where it's my home now, We're and so my children's home. So honored to have you. Where can people learn more about the foundation? Uh, they can learn about the foundation from the website, www.dotasforlife.com. We urge the people to come. It's not the foundation. It's a family. Mm -hmm. Daughters for Life family. We urge anyone to come to join Daughters for Life family, which spreads light, life, and hope in this world. Dr. Abulaj, it has been an honor. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Dear Diary, it's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Show you this. I can help. I got two strong arms. We know 
that liver disease can strike anyone at any time, including infants, only a few weeks, even days old. Joining us now are Alicia and Justin Zabalotny and their almost two-year-old son, Nathan. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you for having us. Now, Nathan was born on November 15th, 2015. And like most babies during the first few days after birth, I know mine were certainly, that was the case with them, Nathan was quite jaundiced. Tell us what happened after he was first treated with phototherapy. He was first treated with phototherapy just a couple days after birth. And um, I noticed over the next two weeks, he was still increasingly jaundiced. I was taking him into every light in the house to try and see if it was just me seeing yellow or if he actually was. Um, And I took him back to the family doctor over and over again. And they sent us home and said that he was fine. And it was common to take a few days to fade away. And finally, when I saw his eyes start to go yellow, I said, we have to take him to the hospital. So they retested the bilirubin and it had gone through the roof. And he, what was he diagnosed with? With biliary atresia. And what is that? We were told that it was a disconnection of the liver. So without um, a escape for bile and any toxins from the liver, the liver becomes diseased and begins to fail. So it seems that at five weeks old... Um, very young. Nathan had a Kasai procedure. Take us through that. He did. Um, it, we were told that it was a procedure to take the intestine and hook it into the liver to allow for temporary drainage. Mm-hmm. So we were told that there was a 50-50 shot that maybe he would need transplant or maybe the Kasai could last for the next 50 years. So in our case, we ended up it ended up taking us to transplant at seven months old. Well, yeah, in May of 2016, he, yes. he had declined so, his whole health had declined so dramatically. Uh, did the liver actually begin to fail? It did. It did. Um, one weekend, um, he was doing quite well. I mean, they thought it was partially working. And then one weekend, I woke up and he was laying next to me and he was green. And I took him into the hospital and the Billy Rubin, I believe, was 284 and normal. Oh. Yeah, normal is between zero and 15, so... They sent us right to Toronto at Sick Kids, and we were under assessment. They didn't let us go home from there. Justin, tell <laughs> us what was your reaction to everything that's going on? You must have been sort of blindsided by it. This. Was, it was it was hard to take in. It was it was a rough rough few months, rough year. Um, we when we actually had the transplant because Alicia was the donor. And how it did was, you feel about that? Your wife being the living liver. It liver was donor. tough. Like the day of the surgery. I mean, luckily we had lots of family support. With us in Toronto because she was at Toronto General and he was across the street at, at uh, SickKids. Mm-hmm. So we had a kind of, I was running back and forth all day to get updates from different doctors because we were in, from, in surgery from like seven in the morning till I think he didn't get out till eight o'clock that night. So between the two of them, it was a full day of surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was tough. Luckily, we had lots of family down with us and mm-hmm. they stayed at each hospital and I was able to kind of run back and forth, but it was definitely tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think people understand that the liver is the second most transplanted organ. And yet there are very few donor organs available. Many Canadians who are on the waiting list die each and every year. And now thankfully, Nathan had you. How's he doing today? He's doing fabulous. He, He bounced back really quickly. Within a week, his color went from yellow to pink almost immediately. It was wonderful to see. I got to see him at about day two after surgery. I made my way over to the hospital. They wheeled me over in a wheelchair and I couldn't believe it. What a beautiful moment. So, so since he, his body absorbed 
absorb that liver, or I don't know what the term is. Yes. Um, Didn't reject yeah, it. Right. Uh, because that sometimes happens. Uh, he's sort of good to go now for the rest of his life, right? We hope so. Their goal is to do it in one shot and to hope that we never have to revisit it again. And Unfortunately, sometimes we do. Um, and we'll cross that path when we come to it if we ever, God forbid. He'll be on meds for life to prevent it from rejecting. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Make sure, make sure it doesn't happen. Oh, yet. and how about you? How are you feeling? Because I I'm know it's a good. very <laughs> tough procedure on anyone. It's rough. It's They, they say it's difficult um, for kidney and liver donors. You can definitely tell that you've lost something um, mm-hmm. and could tell that he gained something something. So it took me a while and to get back to feeling like my new normal and and you do go back to feeling normal. Now you said that the Canadian Liver Foundation played a key role in all of this. Tell us about their help, what they did. They did. Without the liver research that we have today, we still have so much more research to do. Um, we would never have been able to even know about living donors or mm-hmm. I never would have been able to have this option and, and we might not have had as happy ending as what we did. Um, so now the, their events raise over three quarters of a million dollars. What what do you think the importance of the work is, the key importance to you? Is it the research or is it the support? I think both. I think it's the research, the, the funding for the research. That's why donations are so important to discover and be able to prevent and ultimately treat liver disease. It, it, it's, a huge, it's a huge problem. This, this guy does not look like he's no. ever been sick a day in his life. Like and days, that's a wonderful sight. Days after surgery, he's sitting there like trying yes. to eat his toes and his yes. stomach was still partly like yeah. open from the surgery. And he, it like, has to be either terrible twos or we're uh, catching up. We keep saying he's catching up, now <laughs> making bo- up for lost time. Now, both of you must have had many conversations with both uh, professionals and other families. And so what would your hope be? in terms of the steps that we need to or you would like us to get to in terms of dealing with liver disease? I would like there, starting with resources, I'd love there to be funding and research so that ultimately we can look online and see that our next steps and where we're heading and what the Canadian Liver Foundation is doing to, to support families and and without that, we, we look online and we see inaccurate information and um, it's scary. Like even on the Facebook pages and stuff like that, we just need the resources that are accurate and trustworthy. Yeah. But do you think that there is a reluctance among people to offer an organ? Because I almost, uh, I was on a, a list to donate a part of my liver to my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and my doctor was very so-so about it because she said at my age and whatever it would take five to Mm -hmm. ten years off my life and um. I can tell you that there there is and it's scary um and the sick kids in Toronto general transplant program really goes above and beyond to make sure that you feel comfortable and aware of what you're doing um for me it was my son so it was the easiest easiest decision I've ever had to make exactly and for me (laughs) it was my sister so I would have it was rough but it's it was totally worth it. And to see him now and he's living life and he's not missing out on anything. So I think when I hear about people who are anonymous donors that go in and donate an organ, I'm Mm. kind of in disbelief because how strong they are, because I don't know 
if, if I would do that before I knew about liver disease and how many people, I believe there was 500 people on the list and a bunch of them children that were never going to be able to get an organ. We need people to sign yes. those cards. Yes. And it's hard really because good. the doctors, they know what's wrong with these children and adults. They know what they need and they just don't have the resources to get them what they need. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I think there should be maybe more education for donors there should. about mm-hmm. what the age parameters are, yes. whether you need to be, whether it's so dependent on genetics or not so dependent on genetics you know we know a lot of families actually you would think as a mother that you would be an automatic match but it's that's not the case at all so a lot of really lucky that she was a match and the first match that was tested and it all worked out really well they told us to have 10 people and i was the first person to be tested and we only had two weeks to be tested because he was declining so quickly and they tested me in four days and they called me and after a few little blips and said that i was a match so would you? Ha- how how much older is Logan? Logan is five. Is five. Yes. And how did he cope with everything that was going on with this? He was a rock star. <laughs> he was wonderful. <laughs> he was back and forth between Ronald McDonald House with us, um, and then which was lovely, and then at home with my mother in law for a few days and. He would sit at the hospital for countless hours and lots of Paw Patrol, and yeah. <laughs> he was he was really good. That's well, thank good. you all for sharing your story with us, and I think that it gives a lot of hope to other people that it sounds, but you worked through it. You worked through it step yes. by step, and now there's a happy ending, and there can yep. be a happy ending if, as Kate says, more donors step up and and we find <laughs> out more about it. Yes, um, and sure. you can get more information online at liver.ca. Thank you very much for, for coming in and telling us all about it. And thanks, Nathan. <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you an 8 out of 10. Yeah. give you an 8 out of 10 and another no sugar bowl. Yes. <laughs> this is what she said. We'll be right back. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. I know where I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my baby up And take her to the picture show And joining us now is film critic Ann Brody with Saturday Night at the Movies. And this week we're starting off with the Freddie Mercury Queen musical bio Bohemian Rhapsody. So many people have been waiting for this for so long. Well, you know, I had my doubts. I'm not a huge Queen fan. Uh, and no? Not really, no. Aww. You have to be a Freddie Mercury fan, though. He was the greatest frontman of them oh, all, I'm Anne. I'm so focused on uh, Mick and David. and oh. <laughs> didn't have room for him. Yeah, I mean, I love Mick, but as a, as, a, as a frontman, as a performer, I don't think you can... 
I think yeah. Freddie Mercury. And is. this is very clear in the film. You have American actor Remy Malik playing Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. um, and there's been some backlash about him doing it. He's a, he's a, he is American, and there are bigger people who would be more like Freddie. But the film is um, pretty much a sugar coating of the of the facts of their career and his life, particularly. I mean, it's all there. It's all there in in small doses. Mm-hmm. This is a film about his talent and the talent of Queen. And I'll tell you something. I was just sitting there going, wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stamping my feet and clapping my hands along with everybody else. It's really quite galvanizing in terms of its its musicality. And, and you see him performing, especially at Wembley, and you're just going, wow. Are they using the original footage? Uh, Do they intersperse no, original footage? No, no it's all no, it, yeah. it's all current. Well, times. with a digitized crowd, <laughs> with a digitized <laughs> crowd, yeah. um, and, and 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 a cameo from Mike Myers. I did not realize who it was until the end of the film. Really, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Brian May, and didn't you have him on the show or his wife? Uh, no. Oh, wrong band. We can get into that later. All right, <laughs> okay. Different one. But he plays the audio mixer, so that's, that's kind of cool. Another one that I'm hearing lots about is the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Yes. Uh oh. Uh, it's beautiful. It starts beautifully. It starts out as a as a family Christmas tale, but you learn quickly that mother has just died, and this is Victorian England, of course, um, and everyone's sad, and it's Christmas. And then Clara is given an egg that her her mother left to her, and she has to find the key. So she winds up in the Four Realms nation. Mm-hmm. It's all about tribalism and war, and, and, and it becomes pretty extreme. And I, I think that's a problem. For Christmas films for kids, you want something warm and nice, I think, I believe. That's what I want. I don't necessarily want to watch people being soldiers being killed. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, we wouldn't saw, or not. <laughs> we saw a big increase in um, spelling bee fans after this. Now, are we going to see a big increase in uh, science fair? Fans? Holy cow! Who knew? This is incredible. I want to start by saying, in most schools, you see um, trophy cases for athletics. Mm-hmm. You never see anything for science fairs. And that, I think, is true across the board. These science kids are incredible. They're like little shark tank people and uh, that involve how many million uh, competing from around the world. So this follows seven of them through to uh, applying, uh, preparing, doing their incredibly imaginative Well, seven million uh, entered, teenage yeah. science geeks entered local science fairs in 2017. Right, yes. And then they, the, it was whittled and whittled. And um, our film takes seven of them to Los Angeles for the final thing. And there are, out of all those people, there are nine winners. And wow. it's just so heartwarming and inspiring. And you see these kids have such drive and creativity and it just knocks all the stereotypes about Generation Z out of the air. Okay. Spying on animals. This is interesting. You think of a city as being, especially London, Toronto, New York, as being um, highly uh, wired mm-hmm. so that there's constantly security cameras. And, mm-hmm. well, nature is now like this. The Arctic, under the water, um, all, all over the world in 
remote areas, there are camera, surveillance, drones, everything, the works, constantly filming animals. I had no idea. Like, the world is wired, even underwater. <laughs> well, they they tag huge numbers well, of animals do, for they, different reasons. Yes, but. yes. And they give them collar cameras. Mm-hmm. But there are trap cameras. Um, drones are following the whales up and in, in the Arctic. Uh, and they're learning about uh, migration and feeding habits and lifespan and all of these things. Just mind-bending. It's on CBC, Nature of Things, and well worth seeing. Now, um, I am definitely going to be a binge-watching oh, the sixth and final season I of know. House of Cards. You're a, you're a big fan. I am, but Robin Wright is, uh, you know, wh- where does it start? She's about 100 days in as the 47th in. president? I just don't understand why they're only giving her eight episodes. Is it good? Have you seen, have I've you seen, seen two episodes, and oh, she, <laughs> she really is taking a lot from these people, I must say. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's a lot of so much undertow, undercurrent, uh, sneaking around, backstabbing, just like I imagine there is now. Uh, but but also we have a, we have Greg Kinnear in it, Diane Lane, and Patricia Clarkson. Oh yes, yes. So and good. Michael Stompers in a rest home. Oh. <laughs> okay. But he's not really resting; he's plotting and planning. Um, now uh, this is Black Klansman. Yes, yes, that fantastic Spike Lee movie that came out in the summer. It's now out on DVD. Okay, cool. And it stars Denzel Washington's son whose name escapes me at the moment, and he plays a detective in the Midwest in the 70s who actually infiltrates and becomes a leader of the KKK in the local chapter. Well, that's great. I know. That's a great, great film. Thank you so much. And, of course, there's so much more that we can find on our website, right? Sure is. This is 105.9 The Region. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. And joining us now on What She Said is lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, who always shares what she is loving. And we are talking about a very special charitable initiative from Urban Barn. But you want to talk about pets first? I want to talk about pets first. Do you have pets, Kate, Christine? Well, we've always had we we've Labradors. always had pets, and now I'm you know I'm a an aunt to a couple of French Frenchies. Oh, I love and it. I'm a godmother to a lab, <laughs> and a cat that all my family are allergic to, but still, <laughs> uh, I love animals. Yeah, I mean, I have, just love them. We ha- well, we've always had a dog and a cat, and okay. they've always been good friends. And we, for years, co babysat our. So yeah. sweet. Yeah. So I what do you want to know? So my husband grew up with a dog. He actually grew up with a pug. Mm-hmm. And he has decided it's time. My boys are 8 and 10 that we start thinking about a pet. And I'm not Absolutely. there yet. I'm always, almost, almost there. But did you know that even though two and three Canadians have a pet, over 150,000 cats and dogs are received by shelters mm-hmm. across Canada every year. And that place is such a strain on shelters, not only for space, but also for resources, because they need, of course, someone to take care, um, bathe, feed the animals. So, Yeah, my cat was a rescue cat. She actually came oh, from Quebec, um, where she was one of 74 cats living in a one-bedroom apartment. Wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So adoption is key. Rescue animals. They need mm. forever homes. And, of course, the priority is to find homes mm-hmm. for the cats and dogs. But while they're waiting for adoption, we know that a blanket has multiple benefits for health 
and wellness. And it's because of blanket. Think about it. It's a comfort item. So it helps reduce stress and anxiety in animals in the shelter environment. And of course, that can help them to be adopted faster because mm-hmm. when they're not stressed, when they're feeling comfortable, you know, the, the chances of them being scooped up by a loving family are greater. And then, of course, having that comfort item with them as they transition out of the shelter environment into their forever homes significantly helps reduce health and stress issues. But the thing is, as we mentioned, shelters are strained for resources. So sometimes, actually often, they aren't able to send home the blanket with the pet when they leave the shelter. And this is where Urban Barn has stepped in, and this is where we can all help. So until Sunday, November 4th, every $5 donated in-store or online at urbanbarn.com will guarantee a brand new fleece blanket goes directly to an animal in need. And you know what? It's such a great initiative to just know that there's a guaranteed blanket going to an animal. I think that they provide so much happiness for us. It's the least we could do to give back the joy to them. Yeah. Now, and this isn't going to just one organization. There's... um on the website, you'll, yes. you'll find a list of affiliated shelters that are working with Urban Barn. So we've got BC, SPCA, uh, Bandaged Paws, I don't know where that is, Edmonton Humane Society, Calgary Humane Society, the Central Alberta Humane Society, the Regina Humane Society, Saskatoon SPCA, the Winnipeg Humane Society, the Ontario SPCA, and the Montreal SPCA. So that's pretty cool. So it's going right across the country. It's Canada-wide. It's a Canada-wide wide initiative. And again, it's super easy. I mean, it's only $5. So if you're listening right now, urbanbarn.com is the website you can donate and it will guarantee that fleece blanket. Or if you're out and about shopping and you see an urban barn, pop in, take a look at some of their stunning furniture. We we moved into a new home last month and we have quite a bit on order with our <laughs> And when we did order our furniture, I did actually donate. Um, I made a donation of $25 for five fleece blankets, and I was Aww. happy to do so. Well, because they're, they're making people feel comfortable at home, and they're making people, pets, feel comfortable in their today home. Yeah. Hopefully... They'll take it with them to their forever home. Absolutely. And put it in their crate, which is very important, Lena. If you get a dog. Yes, I need all the tips. You need you need to you need to not think of a crate as a cage. Okay. A crate dogs are pack animals. They love being in their crate. And, you know, you lock them in their crate and then they're there while you're out and about. And when you come home, you're happy to see them because they haven't chewed up all your nice shoes. (laughs) And they're happy to see you because you're letting them straight out so they can run out into the garden, you know, and not have to hold it anymore. But they love being in the crate. So many people think it's, oh, that's terrible. It's like, no, it's the best thing for the dog. It's the best thing for the owner. And they'll go. um, You'll find that if you leave the door open, that's where they'll go to go to sleep. Okay. Um, yeah, little it's their little think. it's their little cave. Yeah, <clears throat> their little burrow. It. You know, mm-hmm. they they burrow in, and they especially if they have a blanket. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be coming to you both. Yes. for <laughs> all the tips when we're ready. My boys are ready. <clears throat> Uh, at least they say so, but well, I yeah, think the walking schedule is big. You have to get that down to get it down it. early, yeah. early, and the training, mm-hmm. depending on whether you get a mature animal as a rescue animal, right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, we're, you know, I'm hoping that I'll come in one day and I'll say, guess what? Now yeah. we, are, we have well, another member of the family. The other thing, too, that might be good is to get the boys to research on the computer what are good good uh, dogs for a family. You yeah. know, some mm-hmm. dogs are much more solitary. Right. Some dogs are much more family-oriented. So, And yeah. I've got a very high-energy child, so that's probably that's good. a exercise for both. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's urbanbarn.com, yes. and uh, the initiative ends uh, Sunday, November 4th, so uh, take a moment right now. Thanks, Thanks. Lena. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Uh, Excuse me, everyone. Now that I've discovered Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine, I've decided never to settle for anything less than the best. Linda, I will no longer eat your home-cooked lasagna. Dave, put your guitar away. You're terrible. And Janet, I'm leaving you. That's all. Please continue the funeral service. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Don't settle for anything less. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. This is 105.9 The Region. Joining us now is the founder of Happy Healthy Women. It's a women's collective with more than 15,000 members across Ontario. Um, trying to add a more feminine feel and support to business. Natalie Colaleo, is is that what you'd say? Yeah, I would say. And I would say, you know, making health and wellness the full circle with success. What made you decide to, to, to start this? You know, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, and uh, there was a point in my journey, I started my first business at the age of 28, and I reached a point of burnout um, at that time, and, uh, you know, was serving that business much more than it was serving me, and uh, ended up having to close that business. And what I realized was that the thing that I wasn't paying attention to was me. I was paying attention to everything else in my life. And I thought, if I'm going through this, then there must be other women that are going through this too, that stage of burnout in you know, entrepreneurship. And so I really wanted to start a community of women that supported each other. How would your burnout have been different if you had been a man or would it? Um, well, I think as women, you know, it, it most likely would have been different. I think as women, we um, take on a lot. We try to be all things to all people in our lives. And um, so, you know, I, wa- I had to be a really good friend still, right? I had to be a really good partner um, to my now husband, who may have not been my husband now if I had kept going the way I was. Uh, so there were a lot of things that um, I was juggling. And success, I had to prove myself in, in the world of success, and it just wasn't working. Well, one of the things that we, we often hear about is, is that men, um, to network, you know, they go out for drinks after work or they go out to, to do some sporting event. They golf a lot. Um, 
But women don't tend to do those things because they have to get home. Right. So how is how can we make this experience better for women so that they can network effectively in their mm-hmm. business life? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know that for us, for Happy Healthy Women, we uh, we tend to schedule networking events, 90-minute networking sessions, um, you know, in the hours when kids are at school uh, during the day. Good right? plan. <laughs> um, so that, you know, women don't feel like they have to be somewhere. They can come, they can join us for 90 minutes or even 30 minutes if they want to um, and connect authentically. It's less about me me selling you a product or service and me buying yours. It's really about connecting authentically so that we get to know each other and then we want to support each other. How do you think women network differently than men? So I really do think it's it's the authentic piece, that, that piece of authenticity, that piece of letting ourselves um, shine through just because we're awesome, just because we're great people. Um, and, and not that I think men don't do that, but I think, um, you know, networking today is much less about, you know, let's make a deal, right? And much more about, let's see how we can help each other grow. So how would you describe the feminine style of business and entrepreneurship then? Yeah, so I think women are really tapping into uh, the heart-centered approach to business these days. I think they're really tapping into authenticity. Um, And I think women are starting to gain the confidence that they've needed for years to know that, you know, when you combine authenticity and you combine heart-centered a heart-centered approach to business with the courage that women have and the power that women have, we are unstoppable. Tell me what you mean when you say heart-centered and authentic. Yeah, I just mean true. I mean truth. I mean speaking in a way that um, is what you feel, right? I think we've been, you know, as women, we have shied away from actually saying what we feel and telling it like it is. And so I just mean speaking from your truth. Give me an example. For anybody listening who doesn't quite understand where you're coming from. Yeah. um, So I would say, you know, Instead of sitting down in front of someone and telling them what I do and trying to hit all the points of, you know, my product or service, um, it really is about finding out more about them, what they need, right? And then Mm -hmm. sharing from my heart why I'm doing this. And that to me and and to the women in our collective creates such more of a bond than, than just trying to sell a product or service. Does that resonate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I if I become a member yep. of the of the Happy Healthy Women community, what happens? Take me through the process. So, our membership to um, any women who want to come out to our events um, is absolutely free. All you really have to do is go on our website and sign up for an event, and you're considered a member. So um, that's a really simple process. You come out to an event and you enjoy yourself. Um, But then we have other ways of women uh, coming on board with Happy Healthy Women in terms of leadership. Um, And those memberships are paid memberships where they can come into our collective and uh, promote their business and promote themselves as leaders. So you have then then you can connect with with the mentors if if, do you put people together that might need help to work yeah, with each other? Yeah, absolutely. There's always there's always connection going on. Um, but the mentors that are coming in are really the women, so we call them trailblazers. And they're really the women that are coming in to um, you know, share their content with our community. So provide really valuable content on health, on wellness, on happiness, on how to achieve success, um, but also have businesses and are experts in that field. So they're promoting themselves as a result. So if you join, let's say you have a business in category A, you can 
network with people from category A, maybe regionally too, geographically, that you might yeah, with? absolutely. So we have both an online community and an in-person community. Mm-hmm. So in person, you would join your branch. We have over 20 branches across Southern Ontario. Um, and so you would join your branch, go out to events. And then online, you, we can all touch base all over the place, right? Our, our mission is to go across Canada in the near future and eventually be global. This is, this is going to be a huge thing. So we want women from all over the place to inspire women from all over the place. Now, you talk about uh, women learning to listen to their gut. How yes. do they learn how to do that, <laughs> Natalie? Because you learned how to do that. I did. Did you I learn did. the hard way or the I easy did. way? I did. You know, I always say um, from what I've experienced, lead with the heart and let your mind come along to compute. And what that really means is stop thinking about what you feel like you have to do in life, um, how you have to impress someone, what you have to say, and start doing what feels right for you. Start doing what feels good. And you will see success come along because now you're you're putting yourself out there and you're serving. And the way to do that is to get in touch with it, to listen, to meditate, to get quiet, to ha- take a walk in nature and, and just listen to what your body and your mind are telling you. Well, sometimes I think in business, some of us have certain skills and others have other skills. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just a matter of learning how to sort of go out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and and surprise yourself. So when do you know when it's the wrong thing or the right thing? Right. And so listening to that intuition is so powerful when it comes to that. Um, I always say if it feels exciting and a little bit a little bit fearful but exciting then you're on the right path if you if if you're like you know you're just feeling super afraid and you can't go anywhere near that and it's feeling wrong then you have to listen to that too right but i always say you know the the way to do it is to throw the beach ball and then find a way to run to it versus just hold on to that beach ball really tight you believe that it's important to find a community and then what advice do you give to women who are looking to find their own community other than come and join us? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I say, I say just look for that tribe that, that you resonate with, right? Like look for, for that community that their branding is, is right in line with yours, right? That um, go out to certain events and, and test them out and see if they're speaking your language. Uh, we get women that come to us that are so closed in um, that are, you know, looking for change. Maybe they're coming from, you know, uh, a bad place in their life and they want to start something new and be surrounded by great people. And so they come out and they join us. And six months later, they don't stop talking. They're wearing bright colors. They're, you know, they're just out there. And so we see that transformation. So find find a tribe that works for you where you can do that with. So how do, how do people connect with Happy Healthy Women? Yeah, so you can go to our website, happyhealthywomen.ca. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. We have multiple groups for each branch uh, and on Instagram as well. And it's all Happy Healthy Women. Happy Healthy Women. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And sharing your experience and your advice. Thank you. I've loved it. This is what she said. We'll be right back. What she said. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. We'll be right back. Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and 
this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What you are listening to is Human Feel, the new single by singer-songwriter Kendall Thompson. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Ah, she's my new bestie. Born (laughs) in Alliston, Ontario, where I went to grade 13. Yeah. A wonderful town. And you began singing at the age of three, making up songs as you went along. Tell us how, how that all happened. Um, yeah, well, I just kind of took a liking to underneath the kitchen table because, yeah. you know, like, you know, when you're a little kid, and you're like, if, if they can't see me or if I can't see them, they can't see me. So I, I kind of thought that no one could see me or hear me sing. So it was my own little private area with the, the tablecloth hanging down over my eyes. And I would just sing and sing whatever I wanted. And as soon as someone would walk by, I'd just stop. <laughs> But your parents nervous. must have known that you were a little songbird. Yeah, they did. But they were—they just like let me be a kid, you know. It, they were just like, ah, oh, we'll just let her do her thing. And I was too shy to actually sing in front of them, so they didn't really think much of it. And so, when did you think that this would be your path rather than just something? I mean, we all do stuff when we grow up, but we may not end up on that career path necessarily. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was when I made friends with a girl who sang and her and I just started singing a lot together. Um, and from that, I just started like, you know, getting these visions and ideas of how amazing it must feel to be on stage. And it must feel so good to, you know, have all these fans and write songs and perform the songs that you wrote and this, that, and the other thing. And so, um, from that, it just sort of like, it grew into, oh, okay, you know what, maybe I actually want to do this. If I keep thinking about it all the time, it must mean something. So the single Human Feel, uh, which you're going to perform for us in a mm-hmm. moment, is about the need for emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us the message of the music video you released to go along with it. Um, so the message of the video was just sort of um, letting everyone know it doesn't matter your sexual orientation, your color, nothing. It just, everyone has this deep down desire to feel connected to other people and to feel loved and accepted. Well, Kendall Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. Singing us out now is Kendall Thompson, accompanied by guitarist Mike Schlosser, performing Human Feel. I'm needing that feeling That human feel Gotta be bigger than believing To the center of the earth So deep, so real But can you work it out? Cause I've been loving nobody But myself too long Can you work it out? Or are your thoughts unsure? Cause I'm sure these hand on heart solutions only add to the confusion that we're sinking in. Minds grow weary as catering words that used to heal me now stay in your head. So let me know, so let me know if not enough is still too much to handle. We can let it go, we can let it go, cause I don't know if you understand. 
walking in Tries a waste of time that's chasing feelings that we carry but I left unsaid So let me know So let me know If not enough is still too much to handle We can let it go We can let it go Cause I don't know if you understand that I'm needing that feeling I'm needing that feeling That human feeling It's gotta be bigger than believing To the center of the earth so deep I'm needing that feeling That human feeling It's gotta be bigger than believing I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.